And hello, everybody, and welcome to Sister to Sister. This is Trish Carr with Women's Prosperity Network, and I'm really thrilled to be with you here for another lively conversation with one of my sisters of color to talk about racism, how she experiences it in her life. Because, you know, we can talk all day about the concepts of white privilege and the concept of racism, but it's just a concept. And you can push back and you can argue about it, but you cannot argue with the real experiences of real people. So that's the whole point of this broadcast is to have conversations to open our minds and our hearts to the effect of racism on real people and what we can do about it. Because really, this white girl is the one who can do something about it, right? We all can, as white people, we can make the difference. So that's why I wanna have these conversations. So let me tell you, you can see that I have with me the fabulous Angela Gonzalez in her purple, which you know is my favorite color. And she's with Enola Management Group. And um, she's right here uh, in South Florida, not far from me, even though we're waving to each other from afar. Um, but Angela helps organizations clarify their pressing issues. And we, and we have lots of pressing, pressing issues like bringing in the revenue, productivity, team morale, team management, operations. There's a lot of things under that little sentence. Um, but what she does is she works with them to see the future that they can really have and focus on actions that bring lasting change for them and for their organizations. And she's got an amazing background, 20 years in the childcare industry, right? Is that what I, yes. I read? Yes. So that's got to be an interesting, because when you get into childcare, um, the rules are a little different, right? They are. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. I, I started in the childcare industry in the toddler classroom, in the two-year-old room. And I worked my way all the way up into the Forbes 500 company that I traveled and troubleshoot different companies. Um, so I was able to walk into a childcare center and just basically troubleshoot it from the front end to the back end. And then I went into sales into a different, after 20 years, I wanted to try something different. I wanted to try something new. So yeah. I dabbled in different things and lighting and, and then I got into the hospitality industry and I, I, I was like, okay, maybe this is my next niche. And it's been my niche for a few years. I do enjoy, you know, people greeting, helping people, making them feel comfortable. But, you know, I had this urge and this, this little nudge for years that I need to do something bigger and bigger and bigger. And I had a situation that happened and then I was like, that's it. It's time to move on. And one of the things that pushed me was joining the Women's Prosperity Group for the company that I was working for. And I enjoyed, I was like, wait, hold up. I can really do this. This is my, this is my go to, this is my button to go and launch. And that's what I did. I launched. Yeah, well, you. And your background is so vast. So when you work with businesses, whether big or small, they're going to benefit from working with you. I know that you worked for a long time overseeing companies with revenues of 5 million plus. So you can work, I know, with the, the smaller businesses, the single shingles, as we call them, 
Yeah, the mom and pops. You know, those are my heart and soul as well. The mom and pops because they're they're growing, they're finding their way through, they're hitting bumps on the way, and they're sometimes they're lost, and they like seeing that vision in their. It's like seeing a preschool child, honestly, with the light bulb goes off, and you see it in their eyes, like, <gasps> and it's yeah. like yes, they're they're going somewhere, and I'm happy for that. That's that's my joy. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you are here today. And I'm really looking forward to um, talking about one of the things that you brought up was uh, that we have not talked about yet is the difference between discrimination and racism, and that they're really two separate things. So tell me your thoughts about that. Trish, one of the things that I've realized in working with many companies and working through with companies and in companies I've, and listening to people, you know, racism is a person who is prejudiced against a particular ethnic group and versus discrimination that is unjust or prejudicial treatment of different categories of people, things, and religion, race, sex. So it's two big different avenues. My thought process, discrimination does lead into racism. And I'm going to give you an example. You're walking, let's say we're walking through the mall. We're walking in the garage, leaving the mall. We're going in the garage. It's a little dark. And you see a black man with a hoodie. 90% of the society grabs their purse a little tighter, grabs something a little tighter. It's just an automatic reaction because we have been ingrained that that's what they do. They steal, they take from. On the flip side, I'm gonna show you that um, there was a, a woman that had um, called the police and said her child was abducted in a car, you know, it was pulled over, it was abducted in the car and it was two black men that took their child. I am the first one that said, oh, wait a minute, black men don't do that. That doesn't sound too right. And was I being biased or was I discriminating? I was because I, my thought process, no, that was two white men that did it, not two black men that did it. That's not what they do. So, you know, come to find out, we ended up finding out, you know, in the news that the woman did take the child and hurt the child herself. Yep. And one of my favorite of all time is American Funniest Videos, home videos. We see them doing all kinds of crazy things, but who are we? We're ingrained that it's only a quote, quote, young white boys yep. that do the crazy things. And it's often that we're being told that. So we're ingrained, we're ingrained and ingrained, ingrained and put in our head who does what, when, where, and how. And that's not fair to any of us because then that's when racism comes in. I think racism comes from the discrimination and then turns into racism because then now you start chunking people into little categories and groups that have no business being in there. Yeah, so 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 racism would be the first thing that you talked about, which was, um, you know, because you're black, this is gonna happen. And discrimination is you see only white people on this show, they're discriminating against black people. No, 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 I, it just that as we're watching that show, let's say American Football is Funniest, we think, we automatically think, those are white people that do those things, not black people, not brown people, not people of color. Okay. You see, okay. you see, it's you're discriminating because of what we're being ingrained because we're not seeing anything else but 
young white boys doing some of the silly things that they do on TV. It's not that um, as a society, but that's what we're ingrained in. Only they do it because it's all you see doing it. Right. It's like the black man with the hoodie. What do you always see the black man with the hoodie doing in movies? They're yeah, well, that's the other thing is movies right. and TV for so many years. And um, you would only see people of color in roles that were hookers, drug dealers, criminals, like right. I'll have to say Italians for a long time, right? You, Mafias, bad, movies. drugs, gangsters, you know, so, and let's take the um, Indian culture, you know, they're bad, they're Indians, they're spies, they're going, you know, so it's the whole, you know, what, another thing I realized is you have the, the Jewish community where women actually wear wigs to cover their hair. Right. To Judaism. And then the funny part about it is, not the funny, it's not the word I wanted to use, but the interesting part of it is, then you turn around and you see that we're fighting for women not to cover their heads in other countries. It's like, so what is the difference? They're both are, you know, one's covering their head because it's their religion. The other one's covering their head because of the religion. Why is one more why is one allowed and the other not? Why is well, one accepted and not? The whole conversation of religion, which is a whole right. other sister. This is right. Well, it's, it's a whole different right. But you, but you see how it all goes into that topic of discriminating. Well, and it's you know you talk about that. Uh, some of my uh, Muslim friends have been on the show, and they said that you know people expect them to all be wearing you know, the typical garb. I've had right. friends who've been on the show who have moved here from Africa and who, when they were at um, customs, the customs agent was giving them stuff about why aren't you dressed in the traditional garb and how come you don't have a turban on all that stuff. So all of that really messes up together. And for me, it all comes down to what you see, what you hear creates your belief system and the truth is that even though we're influenced by these outside sources, isn't it up to us to make the intelligent decision about that's just television? But right. for some reason, we don't take that personal responsibility. And most of the people that I've spoken to um, who have experienced racism on this show, I would say 70% is person to person decision to be mean. Person to person. person, yeah, not, now yes, there have been systemic racism examples, some of which were just shocking to me where, you know, they lost a mortgage because they found out that their kid, a white man going to the bank brought his daughter of color to sign the documents and all of a sudden they couldn't get the mortgage anymore. You know? Oh, it's, it's, I can give you an example. I was dating a gentleman in high school and we went, and I literally remember I was walking down the um, Maryland Aquarium. We went down and it was a older, you know, Caucasian husband and wife walking by and they're like, oh, look at that nigger with one of ours. And I was like, wow, really? I was like, okay. But you know, it, it hits. I have two children. I have a two adult children is a fair child she's white skin she's light skin very light skin and my son's dark like me and it's interesting and it was hard to see two children from the same mother having to live two different lives because society is putting them in boxes and judging them for their skin tone 
you know, when my son would go pick up my daughter, they would look at her like she was like, that's your brother? Who's that? That's your brother? Or when I one time went to pick up my daughter in preschool and it was a new teacher, and I walked in the classroom I'm like, hi, Alyssa. And my daughter came to run to me and the teacher literally grabbed her arm and pulled her back and said, you're her mother. And I, I was not very polite <laughs> at that moment. I'm like, yes, I'm her mother. Please let go of my child. And then she said, well, I need to see your ID. I says, they already checked me in the front like they did everybody else. Give me my child. Because you know, so fair skinned. Yeah, because she's very, very fair skinned, you know, and, and her, even her hair is light like yours. So she <laughs> didn't come out. She didn't look like she looks like me, but that was about it, you know. So it was it's been a little difficult times of raising kids with um, different personalities and different um skin tones, you know, it, it has been a challenge. Even as myself, you know, I was raised, I'm Latin. My real father is biological, he's Latin. My stepfather is Caucasian white. He raised me with my mother. And when we would walk in places, they would look at us like, those are your kids, you know? And back then, it, you know, I'm, it was just a taboo. It was not allowed. It was not accepted. And, you know, growing up not being accepted, you have to have a wall and you have to put, you know, put boundaries and you have to protect yourself. You know, then you wonder why people want to be hurt is because we're not being hurt because of our skin tone. I'm normally a soft-spoken person. If you hear me scream, it's because I'm really mad. (laughs) But, you know, but if I make an, you know, but if I have a difference of opinion with somebody, if it's funny in the workplace, when you have a difference of opinion, sometimes it's like, oh, wait, is it going to come out? Is that, you know, you see it in their faces sometimes and it's like, I don't understand that. It's like, I'm speaking in my normal voice. I'm not going to get up and scream and holler and be that loud, you know, person that they think I'm going to be or turn out to be because that's what society shows them that I'm going to be a big, loud, dark-skinned woman screaming right. and hollering. So it's been interesting, as I said. It's, it's, it's sad, but I have overcome many of those by just allowing people, you are who you are. I am going to be me. I will not judge anybody. I judge the person by their character, but I will not judge them by their religion, race, where they've come from, who they are. But the character, I will judge them. I'm not so much judge them. I just put them in layers, layer one, layer two. And layer yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, that's what we do to discern. That's being discerning. Can I trust this person? But here's the interesting thing. When, when internally you're asking, can I trust this person? whatever racism is out there, whatever, you know, again, I'm, I was socialized as white and as progressive as I thought I was. Just by having these conversations, I've learned of microaggressions that I didn't even know were there. You One know? of them is probably the, the, the hooded guy. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as you see that hooded guy, you grab your purse a little tighter and it's just ingrained in us. And it's sad because the society has taught us to do that because that's what we do because that's what they do yeah or not even the hoodie guy the guy next to you in his car who's got his face coming out the the car and it's banging and banging and banging and you look over and it's a a black guy and you're like oh better lock the door right you know what i (laughs) but you know funny part is they see me and i have country blasting in my car (laughs) and and i get the I listen to all types of music and, and I have my country, my windows down and I don't care. It's what I enjoy. So yeah, I get a little 
mm, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, your perspective as a mom is, is, uh, really important. And I'm glad you shared that because I've had many people on the show who were uh, born to biologically people of color, but are brought up by a white person and a person of color. And it's amazing. And your children. So what do you see in your kids now that they're grown? You see any leftovers from that? because my son is it took him a long time to identify who he was um he's fair skin he's dark skin like i am but his father is white and i'm dark skin so and my daughter the same way because she's latin and but she's also white so they both had to go through their own but their own like my son because he doesn't care he'll wear a hoodie his pants his t-shirt his sneakers and he doesn't care his thought process is this is what I want to wear. I'm not going to change who I am because someone is, feels uncomfortable. Let them get to know me. If they choose not to, that's their problem. And my daughter with her having a dark skin brother and dark skin mother, she's like the same because I raised them not to judge people by color. I raised them to judge and to be aware of people of who their character is. So as a mother, it, it's, it's a hard um, balance because you have one on the one side and one on the other side and you have to teach them both to come in the middle you know luckily they're very protective of each other luckily they never have you know their friends have you know ex, you know just been open because of the age that they're in you know the millennials and younger but it, it's in the beginning it was interesting to see I remember walking into my son's school and they're like um so she's your daughter and I'm like why would you ask that? That is yeah, just not appropriate. I know. They want to, they, was she adopted? That's what they want. That's really what they want to ask. Yeah, she's, I've had that. I've had, are you white? Are you black? Are you mixed? What are you? Because no one can figure out what I am. You know, it's like, oh, you're Latin. Oh, okay. But then the irony of it is, oh, since I'm Latin, it's a lot more acceptable. Right. The last name gives it away. So that's, you know, <laughs> Gonzalez is clearly, and you're right. You're right a dark skinned Latin person, uh, I would imagine doesn't get the same grief as a dark skinned African-American person. Until you have a, your own opinion in and the workplace. Problems. Then it's the, oh, for some reason they revert back thinking I'm going to be the loud black person, the oh. loud dark person. It's interesting. Um, I've come, um, it, it's been an interesting experience where, you know, you're okay as long as you stay within your boundaries or I've, I've even gotten the, well, what, well, whose side are you on? Pick, pick a choice, pick a, pick a side. Cause you're going to have to either be with them or with us. I've had a manager say that to me one time and I looked at, I'm like, who's ever making the money is the side that I'm on. Right. Who's ever focused well, on growing the business is who I'm on. So if that's them, I'm going over there. And if it's wow. you, yeah. Cause if you get kicked out of a group, a click, you're not accepted at the other one. Yeah. So I've never was a clicky person. I never believed in being in clicks. Well, it you know, I can, I can relate to not being taken seriously when I opened my mouth, having worked in a group of, with men for a long time. Um, but the next level of that is being a woman of color. And there's e even one more level of discrimination, right? That would be discrimination. Right. Right there. Right. 
Yeah, so it so makes you hold back. It does make you hold back. But you know, I, I don't hold back. I've I learned know. to just observe more than anything, yeah. but I have not um, held back. I'm going to make my opinions. I'm going to make my statements because if, if I keep them to myself, I'm doing an injustice to me and what I know and my knowledge and what I can bring to the table. So I refuse to um, bow down because other people aren't comfortable. Those are their issues, not mine. Yeah. You deal with your issues how you want to is deal with them. I'm going to continue to be me as a person. Yeah. Well, what would you say as, as we wrap it up today, what would you say to people, especially people who see um, the same situation as yours, where you have a dark-skinned mother with a light-skinned child, like, you know, the eyes open up. What would you say to them in terms of, how to be more, to how to be classier about that. You know what? Let ignorance be ignorance because you're not going to be able to change them with one thought process or sometimes you're not going to be able to change your mind. It's ingrained. So it's not going to take one light switch to fix it. Just be consistent. Yeah. Teach your yeah. children to be consistent. <laughs> Teach your children to, it's okay to be who you are. As long as you're respectful to yourself, you're respectful to others, and you hold yourself accountable to yourself and God. Yeah. You know, I wanted to bring up one topic that really quickly, if we have time. You can go ahead. One of the things that I've noticed in the workplace lately is that um, companies are doing this diverse and inclusion into their workforce now. They're making committees and they're doing, the irony is they're finding out, especially in the C-Corp section, but there's not many diverse people in their companies to be able to hold these committees. So they're sending white Caucasian men or women to be the ones to conduct them and they're lost. They don't know what to say. They, they're uncomfortable going to and going, by the way, would you like to be part of it? Then what? What's the next, what's the next step? Yeah. You know, I, I've heard from different people and different corporations that they're getting surveys but they keep getting the same surveys because people don't know what to how to take it to the next level. Well, then they only they don't even know what the right questions to ask because they're coming yeah. from their own experience. Right, and you're not seeing it through the eyes of a brown Big person, black person. So one of the things I want to do is in May at some point um, conduct a free webinar on diversity and inclusion. Have different panel people come in and speak about their experience in the workplace. So people can get an idea of how to start moving forward into a real diverse and inclusion committee. Yeah, you know, it's all about respect. Yeah. You know, that's really what it comes down to is respecting each other as individuals, respecting each other as human beings, whether you're white, brown, beige, green, yellow, what does not yeah. matter. We don't have to like each other. And I tell people, you don't have to like me. It's okay. But you will have to respect me as I will respect you. Right. And that's the bottom line. You don't, we're not, the reality is not everybody's going to like everybody. And that's, let's keep it real. Let's keep it, you know, just down to earth. We're not, but we have to respect each other in the workplace and outside of the workplace. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for being with me today. And thanks for the conversation about the discrimination, and racism differences, for sharing your experience in the workforce, especially, and as a mother, 
of children who are totally different color yes. and the experiences that they've had and you've had so that we can all learn from it and we can be the change we want to be in the world. So thank you, Angela Gonzalez, for being here today. I appreciate you. Thank you, Trish, for having me. It was a pleasure. And I look forward to many more powwows together and how we can make it better. Yes, yes, yes. And thank you all for being with us today. I really appreciate you being here, being part of the conversation. Thank you for sharing your comments in the comment section. I'd love to hear your thoughts and your opinions on this conversation and what you think is the right next step for all of us to take. Thank you all for being here. Have a great day. Thank you. Stay safe.